This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Green Pulse, a podcast series by The Straits Times where we analyze the beats of the changing environment, from biodiversity conservation to climate change. I'm your host Audrey Tan and I cover science and environment for The Straits Times. Singapore wants to plant a million trees over the next decade as part of a movement that aims to get people here involved in the act of sowing seeds for the next generation. But deforestation projects in Singapore, such as the clearance of the country woodland, has led people here to criticize the movement, saying planting new trees is no substitute for tearing down old ones. It is March 8, and the Straits Times spoke with National Development Minister Desmond Lee last month on the issue. Here are excerpts from our interview. Even if there is no development at all, we have to push ahead. So I think that's the baseline. We have to push ahead because we want greenery to infuse the urban scape for the services it provides, for its ecological connectivity it provides. We must do that, even if there's no other development. So just taking that hypothetical, we must continue. And even for green areas, even in core areas, you know we must do forest restoration, mature secondary or primary forest. Can we stifle and strangle? You just go and walk, and you can see, you know, plants that actually look like they're from your garden, abandoned,、mm. and then they become invasive species that can strangle the life out of our dipterocarps. This is Madagascar plant. That's the name.、Huh? It's beautiful. It's an ornamental plant, but it strangles the life out of、uh, mighty trees. You know, when you let it、uh, run amok, looks very nice and green. A beautiful leaf. The name will come back to me.、Uh, Dioscoria. Am I not wrong? Dioscoria is the genera, if I'm not wrong. Dioscoria, Madagascar, something like、mm-hmm. that. You know, forgot the Latin name, but I'll, I'll check it out for you. It's hard work, and then we have to then replant invasive species. We need to be removed and replant with local natives. So even without development, we have to keep doing that to make sure that our forests succeed. There are all these things that require constant pruning, constant maintenance, because our habitats have been、uh, disturbed. Our ecology has been off kilter because of human behavior, so we still have to keep planting for all those reasons: human services or ecological services in the city.、Uh, we want new parks, and of course, even parks that you plant it in a natural way can carry biodiversity, can capture carbon in addition to recreation. But then, all the more so with development, and you know, the development will always continue. There is continuous need, and it will evolve. Some development will mean that you know we don't need so much of certain thing; we can do away with it, and then we can create. Parks or green spaces. Some of these spaces that have been, you know, earlier gazetted for certain users, when the need arises, and we ask ourselves long and hard, do we really need to take it? If it's become vegetated and、mm-hmm. developed over time, we ask ourselves: Do you want to keep it, or do you want to? Do we really need it? And if it's if we need it, then we have to make the, those hard decisions,、mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, those sites you leave them bald until you need them. I don't think that's always the best thing, you see. So that is where I'm coming from. One million trees. I think those who cast stones that they don't quite understand why it must go on, and in fact, development will continue. Development needs to be a lot more disciplined because development, you know, has its impact on carbon emissions, on sustainability, and so we still need to plant. And I think planting is not just quantitative; it is qualitative. This is sensitive, but you know, between the nature groups and ourselves, we have to do scientific research on whether you want to maintain, even in green spaces, our busier stands of forest. Or do you want to remove over time and replace with our dipterocarps and our native species, and and not just settle for connectivity, but for certain areas you want to go beyond connectivity and allow actual forest succession to take place. And as I said before, one million trees is a movement, 
not just to physically plant the million trees. And so therefore, I think we need to be careful if we try to throw stones at one million trees. It is also about the act of involving Singaporeans, many of whom may not have been, you know, have not even gone to a nature park or get involved in environmental work, to that act, you know, is an identity as a Singaporean that, you know, planting a tree we hope will be a, something that every Singaporean does, you know. The reality is not. And many Singaporeans have not planted a tree. And I told you the story the last time of how it can become an act of stewardship, you know, because I plant a tree knowing that my grandchildren will benefit from the shade, but also connecting generations, bonding over this core identity of being Singaporean. So yes, we will lose trees. We will lose trees when there's disease. We will lose trees when there's development, road widening or building highways and and all. And then we replant and we we have to start from scratch. Some may be sapling, some are semi-mature. Some are expensive relocated trees, a whole root ball. But you know, every time we lose a roadside tree, it's painful, you know, especially mm. if there are works of art that have provided the canopy, amongst other places. Yeah. But then you ask yourselves, those developments, are they really necessary? If they are, then they will benefit subsequent generations, but let's grow them again. They may take decades, it's painful, there's a real loss of identity of the place, there's loss of shade, loss of services, and loss of nature, but you know, we must plant and grow again. We should not shy away from reaching those balance. And we will lose trees as a result of these developments. Because those plots that eventually get developed were designated for development. Either they're kept bare for decades or we allow for that, those few decades or years that we benefit from that greenery for that period of time. So, no easy choices. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Green Pulse on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. With the coronavirus grinding international travel to a halt, more Singaporeans are taking the time to explore the nature in their own backyards. So when trees are felled to make way for development, people are understandably upset. How does the government decide what green spaces to conserve and what must go to meet the country's other needs? We are a city, and unlike other cities in large countries with huge, and you know, it's very enviable, the huge nature cores that they have, outside the cities, far away from the human reach. We are very, very unique in our requirements, in our tensions, and that explains why over the decades, URA and the planners have been very, very careful, very detailed, very specific, very disciplined, and in a way very religious in in ensuring that everything strikes a balance not just for now, but that we don't consume everything and leave nothing for the future. So nature's at the table, the needs for housing for Singaporeans at the table, our environmental sustainability is at the table, our economic vibrancy and ability for us to earn a living is at the table, our culture and heritage is at the table, and they're all there. In the form, not just of the agencies that are in healthy competition and tension, and that is a good thing by design, there's healthy tension, and it's not all one way, but also through the different networks and outreach and engagements that each of these representative agencies have with their constituencies, then bring those views, the passion of the community into that multi-agency arena of competing needs. A certain sites we justify and we'll keep. Some sites we think have significant biodiversity and we can prove it, 
but which have been gazetted for other land use. Then that's where the healthy competition and tension comes into play. Mm. And, you know, there's camaraderie amongst the heads of these agencies, but they're experts in their own right. They have a mission to achieve. All of these missions are really for Singapore. But when it comes to which one prevails, or is it a case of not one prevailing over the other, but whether we can marry the different needs and maximise in multiple dimensions. Mm. So it can be for recreation, but it can also carry nature. Can it be residential, but can you also have recreation? And also multiple use, including nature in symphony and harmony with some other sensitive uses. Otherwise, you won't have these buffer parks and won't be able to say, well, in the nature reserves, we some areas are core and off-limits to anyone. In fact, it's offence to go off-trail in some of these places. Right? So some are core, some we allow some recreation, and then the buffer parks serve a utilitarian purpose of buffering the nature reserve, right? but also enabling recreation, and we can strike the right balance there. So that is how the work has been ongoing for some years and over the last decade or so. In fact, you know, like Mandai Mangrove and Mudflat, I think its ecological value is unparalleled. Like Kranji, it was zoned for industrial and so it's in MTI, JTC's realm. But we had this discussion and we persuaded them to give up those opportunities and allow us mm. to achieve a different purpose. You know, because of its, uh, you know, I mean, the science you know, we use science and technology to prove its value. It's a site for migratory birds. And they're so important to the planet's health and ecology. We play an international role, not just domestic, but international. The species that you see at Sungai Bulo without its alternative feeding ground in Matai, mm. it's at risk. It's got a diversity of benthic animals. Its ecology and its hydrology is just right. You have the source at Sungai Bulo, but the sink for mangrove propagules to be strengthened as a source of mangrove propagules or sink for mangrove propagules in Mandai Mangrove. And so that Mandai Mangrove, that a part of it is actually part of this overall crunchy woodland that you people talk about now. Yeah. And that part, although it's originally for industry, through this process, science, discussion, persuaded our economic counterparts to say, forego those opportunities, let us have it. To better help strike the balance between development and conservation, the Ministry of National Development has a number of strategies to reduce the need to clear forests in the first place. And so, there are a couple of broad strategies. Let me run through them mm. briefly. One is to intensify within limits. Plot ratio. Can you intensify so that you achieve more with limited land? Second, can we co-locate multiple uses? So, for example, like Tampanese Hub and other places, if you, if you built it the whole way, it would be one parcel for CC, one parcel for you know, mm-hmm. a stadium, one parcel for swimming pool, one parcel for gym, one parcel for library, one parcel for HGB, so on and so forth. But you put them all together and yes, it's a bit of a larger footprint than any one of those, but you intensify it and you, you have, you know, it uh, services. Sprawl. It prevents sprawl because land is scarce. You can find the land, no doubt, but is it the right thing to do? No. So we intensify what we can. It's no mean feat now huh, because get multiple agencies to coordinate and put their needs and tie them together mm. does take discipline. But that's the second strategy. All right, the third strategy is to rejuvenate. So there's some parcels, you know, uh, when let's say opportunistically their leases expire, then you need to rejuvenate and revitalize it. That provides opportunity for you to intensify that and, and build on top of it. Right? But that, of course, depends on the tenure, depends on land use. And if you want to come in abruptly and say, I acquire, it comes with not just significant financial costs, but also a lot of disruption to people's lives. I've ordered my life around you know, my business, around a certain duration that I can use this land for. It is mine for that period of time. Time and space ownership, right? That's what this whole is about. 
And then if you come and interrupt me like that, you know, it throws people off. So there's a, there's a mm. human cost to that. So intensification, co-location, rejuvenation, we also have a bigger strategies, right? So for example, reclaiming of golf courses, land oh, and yeah. old brownfield sites, and a lot of golf course land has been taken back. Some of the remaining golf course land, I think you know where they are. They are fringing nature reserves. Mm. And would you want to keep them green or you want to build HGB right to the, to the limits? Yeah. I think one needs to not just say golf course land, but look at where they are and ask, prefer to keep it green most of the time people play their golf? Or do you want to take it back and build tall buildings? Or maybe they are under a flight path oh, yeah. at the airport. Do you think you can build very tall there? You know? so, or is it livable if you build housing or office? Mm. So it's not just land. You have to look at the situation, you have to look at the environment, and you put yourself in the shoes of a person who had to live, work, or play there. Well, that's a wrap for Green Pulse, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion. For more on climate change and the environment, do check out our stories in The Straits Times. And don't forget to subscribe to our Green Pulse podcast series on your favourite audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.